0: And uh, this is Dave at Opposed to the Matrix. Sorry, um, it is the 12th of August 2019, barreling down to that next year that everybody's uh, speculating about. But um, anyway, uh, tonight we have uh, some really special guests. Uh, we have Russ Tanner. He, he was on a couple of weeks ago, and he uh, is an expert on chemtrails. And boy, did he fill our our knowledge of what chemtrails are, what they do, how many there are, and the whole nine yards. And that show got a lot of listeners, by the way. (laughs) It was really good. Um, So a lot of people walked around with a lot of brain food, and that's good. And tonight, we have Laura Clement, uh, who Russ has um, uh, billed as being, and and I'm sure that she is, um, a cutting-edge researcher in um, herbs, vitamins, health, uh, healing, And diseases. And uh, so we're going to kind of go off of the last show that we were on and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, kind of going from the chemtrails and also including them, but staying and going into a uh, uh, learning about health and healing and possible remedies and uh, maybe cures to these things that uh, the chemtrails bring on. And uh, we can uh, share some of our testimonies, too, about how we've become sick from these things. But. Um, so I'd like to introduce uh, Russ Tanner again, and then Laura um, Clement. Hi, hi, folks. Hello.
1: Hello. Glad hey. to be
0: back with you. Yeah, glad to have both of you. And then Jim, of course, and uh, Eric. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. All right. Good. Hey, man, we got five people going here. This is great. Uh, this is the first, actually. So um, anyway, what I'd like to do is, um, Russ, if you want to, um, since – what I'd like to do is, is to have you um, kind of introduce Laura, because you know her better than anybody here, and, um, you know, kind of introduce her, and then, uh, Laura, you can uh, go into uh, your, uh, you know, what you're all about and everything, and I'm sorry, guys, I, I'm just really worn out this week. I've had a cold, so my brain's not working very well, but uh, I'm trying to do the best I can with what I've been given today. So oh, it's uh, all good. Yeah, so, uh, and then, uh, you know, Jim also and Eric, you know, uh, chime in there before we we really get uh, chugging along here. So, Russ, go ahead.
2: Sure, absolutely. Uh, Laura, um, I appreciate you having us back on. It's a real pleasure and honor to be here, and I appreciate what you're doing, bringing uh, attention to all of this. Laura is my longtime friend and business partner. Um, We went into business back in uh, 97 officially is when we went into business And she uh, took about three and a half years to write a very in-depth, at the time it was about 500 plus pages, spiral-bound reference book on herbs. It's all based on science, it's all referenced, and she did this incredible work uh, over this period of of years, and then we launched our business with that book, and now we do uh, websites and we do... uh, Uh, computer program that uh, has all that information in there but she's just a a gifted researcher and i'm very uh, honored to be in business with her Uh, she's always got her nose in the latest research about herbs uh, vitamins she's the person that like you know our family when our family has a problem the phone rings and they're going to talk to laura about it and uh so that's uh you know, we both went through mercury toxicity together. We both uh, started getting sick, and we had our amalgams out. We both had really dramatic recoveries, which changed our lives uh, after detoxing mercury. And uh, so we've uh, we've been through a lot together. So,
0: cool, cool, yeah. So, Laura, what about you? Tell, tell us all about you, Laura. And I, I, I heard the word book, okay? And I'm a I'm a bookophile. Uh, I'll put that right out in front there. So, if you've got a book, you know, let us know, and we'll definitely promote it now and toward the end of the show
1: (laughs) well thank you it's actually not really a book Um, it was more of like an information manual for um, health food stores natural health professionals nutritionists wellness centers to really kind of um, give them all the information that would help them help their customers and clients so it was a really more of a manual of uh, science-based information on herbs, vitamins, nutritional supplements that would help them to understand all of the different scientific studies, university research, clinical data that would explain how herbs and vitamins work, what they do for the body, because back when we first um, got into business, there really wasn't anything like that, and so many people um, had the attitude that, you know, well, uh, Herbal medicine, natural medicine is, you know, some kind of age-old medieval thing. You know, there's no proof. And the contrary is, is uh, what's really true. There is so much information available. Yeah, you
0: know, you think that uh, the human race has lasted this long uh, without modern medicine, so there's got to be something to those herbs. So um, uh, do you have a formal education, or are you like uh, some of us that have just, uh, you know, been blessed with... Uh, the uh the ability to to learn and understand or do you have both
1: um both (laughs) cool i actually do have a bachelor's degree in english education i actually taught middle school english for one year Mm -hmm. um and then i had other opportunities present themselves which led me into actually managing two different health food stores in the tampa bay area in florida and that's where I got my introduction into natural medicine, health food, you know, healthy living. And then everything, you know, went in a completely different direction. So yeah. I'm using my degree in a different way.
0: Cool. Cool. That's very cool. So we meet uh, other intelligent people. <laughs> there's, not, there's not very many out there anymore. <laughs> so we uh, we got four of them right here, five of them on the radio show. So that's wonderful. So... Um, what would some, what would you, uh, to get right to the, to the root of the matter, if somebody were to come in and say, uh, you know, uh, they were sp- uh, chemtrailing the other day, uh, and uh, two days later, I started feeling really bad, I, you know, I, I got this general malaise, I've got some bronchial uh, upper respiratory problems, or something like that, or anything like that, um, you know, can you give us a summary of what you might, you know, suggest for them, or?
1: Sure, and I'll get Russ to chime in on this too, because he's really been the um the one that researches chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am so busy with the research I do on natural health I can't possibly do it all. so he focuses on the chemtrails, I focus on the natural health, and then we work together to do this kind of thing.
0: okay but so in, after in he after- does that, I'm sorry after he does that, maybe we can uh, have you come in and uh, you know or take over and Kind of give us a little bit of education in natural medicine and stuff. Okay, well,
3: why don't why don't we do it this way? I'll be, you know, when I was in Roswell riding my motorcycle, I'll give them all the symptoms. Russ can uh, make the connections to what type of chem spray, and then we can refer to Laura. Give hey, okay. it was secure.
0: That's an excellent idea.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm I'm riding on my motorcycle. It's early in the morning. Um, I see these chem trails have widely dispersed and actually came down treetop level i'm on a motorcycle there's no way i'm gonna escape it i'm gonna breathe this junk and i'm really nervous about it it looked reddish like pink or red and it was like the um blown glass that you put on a christmas tree back in the 60s um they called it angel hair and it it was kind of fluffy, and I guess it was actually, literally, it was it's strung glass, but it looked like that, and it was hitting at the treetops, getting hung up on trees, and then coming down just way down to the ground. That very next day, almost the entire population of Roswell, New Mexico, had flu-like symptoms. Uh, businesses, the daycare that I worked at there, uh, had closed down because everybody was sick, and then everybody started having res- upper respiratory uh, problems, along with flu-like symptoms, so, um, and it definitely affected me, and I've had these same kind of um, like a continual sinus drainage, which later developed into um, 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 actually what I attributed to it. I began to have an acid reflex situation that developed to a full blown, it ended up as esophageal cancer, and I got supernaturally healed from from it by the lord but um it was all a progressive thing but it all seemed to start right at that moment of contact with whatever i was coming in contact with uh, some kind of a chem spray
2: yeah absolutely there's a lot that can be said about that here's my experience with it I, i brought this up in the last show but for those who didn't catch it um i'm one of the lucky people who actually smell and taste chemtrails there are a lot of people who do but a lot of people don't talk about it they don't uh uh, they probably feel a little uh, little odd talking about it, but I feel a duty to talk about it. So um, uh, back in 2010 is when I first experienced widespread biologics. Now, I, I talked about this on the previous show is that I told the story about a girl I was dating at the time, and I told her that she had a respiratory infection, and she got mad and stormed off, and the next morning she left me a note in my car, and I tell the whole story in the last in the last show we did, a few weeks ago, but, um, uh, basically she thought I was telling her she had bad breath, but what it really was is she had a a respiratory infection that I could smell and taste. And since I was a child all my life, I could, I just assumed everybody could and just didn't talk about it. And then I realized not everybody can, but scientifically there are some people who have an excessive number who have excessively sensitive senses of taste and smell. And I think, uh, it's not, it doesn't spread the whole spectrum of everything. So, uh, long story short, uh, next day, she uh, left a note under my uh, windshield wiper of my car, and I went out and she apologized and said she woke up with a respiratory infection uh, with a, like uh, flu symptoms the next day, and I had just tried to warn her, you know, to take some uh, take some stuff to to bolster her immune system because I could tell that that infection was there. Having said that, I first detected in 2010 um, high altitude spraying. And the reason, the way I detected the fact that it was high altitude is by how the intensity of the slope goes up over time. If you drop a plume at low altitude, the slope rises very quickly. Uh, That is the intensity slope. It can go from its current condition, which usually hangs at five. I call five the average, Um, and I rate it from zero to 10. So the intensity will just be sitting at five where it normally does. That's the background level that's always in the air. And then uh, it will go up, a low-altitude low plume will go up to full intensity in about two to four minutes. But if it's at high altitude, it'll take a long time to get there. It'll take, uh, you know, maybe um, 10, 15, 20 minutes to actually reach its, its peak. And that's because the bottom of that plume, as it descends, it doesn't descend uniform. It kind of separates and diffuses, and by the time it gets to ground level, uh, it's very diffuse, so the intensity level increases a little more slowly. So uh, they, I first experienced the biologic type in 2010. Um, uh, several years later, I mean, just a few years ago, I started, I think it was in 2017, I believe it was. I should have this all in notes, but I'm trying to do it by memory. Um, I started experiencing a different type, which instead of causing a sore throat type symptoms, uh, it actually caused... Uh, flu-like symptoms. It was like a whole different symptom set, but it was still a biological type um, smell and taste that was in the air over huge areas. I mean, you can drive for miles and it's in the air. And that's when I knew, obviously, it's coming from the jets because never in my life have I experienced this unless you're actually smelling the breath of somebody who has an infection. So naturally, so this has been going on. In fact, one last thing that's important to share so people understand the scope. This is really happening. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is something where we have whistleblowers, we have evidence of things going on, we have a lot of people who smell and taste it who have measured rainwater, uh, ground uh, levels of the metals that, that are being released. We even have a report that came out this last month showing that airborne biologics have increased 2 threefold in the last few months. In a few weeks before that, re- or several weeks before that report came uh, out, showing the last three months at the same time they show airborne viruses skyrocketing because they're falling from the sky literally rt came out with an article a few years ago saying viruses are just falling from the sky and many other mainstream articles came out they don't know where it's coming from they're just saying oh it's just a natural thing that all these viruses live in the upper atmosphere no they don't they never have before and now this is a new thing but they're trying to write it off as an old thing so a few months ago, uh, they, they uh, have this index of the virus levels uh, going uh, much higher, like three or four times the quote-unquote normal rate. And this was at the same time I started reporting on our Facebook page and on our website, which is globalskywatch.com, that we are having a huge increase in biologics in the air. They're really, really spraying biologics much more often and much more intensely. So what do you do about it? Naturally, you bolster your immune system. You can take uh, uh, certain supplements that actually are really, really good at bolstering the immune system, like beta glucans. You can find supplements with beta glucans in them, and um, uh, uh, I use an actual supplement called Immune Nature's Immune Stimulator by a company called Nature Sunshine Products. This is the single best immune stimulant I've ever found, and I love. In fact. I have seen more people converted to herbs using this supplement than any other supplement. So, um, beta-glucan, if you, if you want to buy supplements and go out and find stuff with beta-glucan, colostrum, cordyceps, um, uh, and certain mushroom extracts like mataki and reishi mushrooms um, also stimulate the immune system, uh, this particular supplement that I use is so good. That when I feel, when they're really spraying overnight real hard and I wake up with a sore throat, I'll take four of these and literally, uh, you know, literally in uh, half an hour or so. Um, I start feeling it go away. I start feeling better. Um, uh, and Laura, why don't you help me pronounce, pronounce pronunciation of that, that other supplement? I hate saying that because my mouth just doesn't go that way. What is that other, that other uh, polysaccharide that's in there?
1: It's Arabinogalactin.
2: Thank you. See? See? There it is. There it is. So those are some of the supplements. Laura, can you think of other thing? Is there anything you want to add about immune stimulants? There's a lot, but those are those are a few of them.
1: Well, sure. Yeah. In addition to different uh, herbs and vitamins, there's also essential oils that you can inhale. Um, you can put a few drops in the shower or like Russ has a wet mask that he uses to protect himself um that you know he puts a few drops on a washcloth and puts that in front of the mask. but essential oils are super potent and very helpful for um, especially respiratory problems because as you breathe in, Russ, can you get that?
2: Yep Okay, sorry about that. She has a phone ring in there, but. Uh, um, that happens. Yeah. There's one thing I use.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. You can <laughs>
2: hit, a lot. Yeah. Hit the, hit the DNR button on that phone. <laughs> Do not oh, <laughs> goodness. Yeah.
1: But as I was saying, essential oils are super powerful and super potent. And when you breathe in the essential oils, they go right through the membrane, uh, the nasal membrane, right into the bloodstream. So they're very fast acting, you know, one or two deep inhaled breaths of peppermint oil can immediately open up your sinuses and allow you to breathe better. The nice thing about so many of the essential oils, in fact, virtually all the essential oils have antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal properties, so they can combat a lot of airborne allergens. Um, Just just through inhalation. So that's something that I always like to recommend. Any of your citrus essential oils, lemon, orange. Of course, people have heard of eucalyptus and peppermint. Um, there are other, you know, tea tree oil. That's a fantastic oil. Little strong medicinal smelling, but it is very powerful. Um, and it's great for, you know, as a, like an antimicrobial disinfectant, you know, kind of thing.
0: When you guys talk about a... Um... A mask. Would, are you talking about your your standard medical mask that you would wear uh, around if you worked in a hospital or something like that? Or,
2: well, well, actually not. I discovered years ago, because they were spraying, they started in our area, and they started spraying so hard, I ended up moving out of that area where I first experienced them because, for that sole reason. I would have lived the rest of my life there, and I had to find a way, and so I tried different um, air purifiers with HEPA filters and different, Types of filtration and none of them worked. And that's, I had heard that uh, the chemtrail particulates were smaller than 0.3 micron. And indeed, these filters would remove smoke, pollen, uh, any other odors. They were really, really effective, but they would not remove the taste and the smell of the chemtrail uh, uh, plumes that were in the air. So what I did is I, re- I realized, this is how it came to it, is that I, I would realize that in the shower, The water, the particular type they were spraying at the time, all the time there, was, I believe, barium salts. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was in the shower, I would feel so much better and the smell and taste would go away. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can chelate this out with water. So I used uh, a washcloth. Actually, now I use two washcloths folded into quarters. I wet them and then wring them out pretty good so they're moist but not uh, wet because you have to breathe through them. And then I put a couple drops of peppermint on them, put them over my face, and then I hold them on my face with a Home Depot painter's mask. Oh, now, the painter's idea. mask, yeah, the painter's mask has no, in fact, I should look up the number and tell your listeners uh, because this has changed my life. I mean, this absolutely um, makes all the difference in the world for me. And the few drops of peppermint kill, you know, it's antibiotic and it also helps with the respiratory system. Uh, The one at Home Depot, it's the 3M number 8293. That's what I use. It really any will work. It doesn't really matter because it's the whole job of that is not for filtration. It's to hold the wet washcloths over over your face. Mm -hmm. And there is no single. This is great. It's super cheap. The washcloths have to be kind of coarse. And so I even looked up the model number of what I use. It's a brand called Mainstays for those who want to actually try it because you you can't use a finely woven washcloth because you can't breathe through it. The model number is MS004-002-02-19. It's a very coarse washcloth you can get from Amazon or Walmart or something, wherever you like to shop. Um, And then when I put that... It depending on the chemtrail types, it will remove like ninety percent of some types, it'll remove fifty percent, worst case scenario, and the other types it removes somewhere in between, and I feel the difference. I feel the inflammation decrease literally like within thirty seconds after putting it on. I start beginning to feel the pressure of the inflammation and the other symptoms begin to subside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the wet mask.
0: Cool. Very cool. Um question for both of you um what about those of us i i'll, I'll tell you um because laura hasn't heard my story but um back in uh, i think it was 2008 april 2008 exactly um i was flying to mexico city and that uh, the plane was actually cutting through chemtrails um i kid you not i could see the wingtips cutting through them and uh and you know they'll say oh they, they don't suck air in from the outside but well, they do otherwise you know you, the whole cabin would die of carbon monoxide poisoning after a six-hour flight but um so anyway uh i got there and i had the worst case of bronchitis and i had it for about five to six months you know my estimation and uh, ever since then i've had a very um sensitive uh, immune system when it comes to uh, the upper and lower respiratory i've had pneumonia a couple times since then Uh, get bronchitis very easy um so if if a person has that and jim i think jim explain that he, he basically had the same thing too. And the whole town of Roswell did. Um, I'm assuming most of them got over it and well, maybe, maybe a lot of them, you know, kept it. I don't know. But, uh, so is there anything, um, submitting it to you Is there anything that can help a person that has that kind of thing? I mean, is my my question is, is my immune system totally wrecked? Um, is it, um, is it repairable? Uh, is there a way that I can keep myself, other than lots of hand washing and and everything else, from from catching this stuff that goes around? I catch everything. I just got to be in the same room as somebody that's sick, you know. (laughs) I (laughs) I catch it three or four days later. So anyway, that's kind of the question I'm throwing out there.
2: Sure. You know, the thing that I found, first of all, is the primary components in chemtrails are aluminum, barium, strontium, and mercury, and there's other things been found like cadmium and lead and arsenic. but the uh, the big four, aluminum, barium, strontium, and mercury, are all powerful immunosuppressive uh, elements. Mm-hmm. They literally, you can find scientific literature that talks about how they specifically suppress the immune system in different modalities of the immune system. So it's a very effective weapon, if you want to call it that, to actually spray substances that suppress your immune system, and then spray biologics, which is the, the military term for viruses and bacteria, it's kind of an umbrella term, mm-hmm. and then spray biologics, and then people get sick a lot more often. In 2017, uh, the day before Christmas Eve, we had a big outbreak across the United States uh, around Christmas during the Christmas season of 2017 in the United States. And the day before they started spraying here, epic uh, intensity. It was like intensity 10. Mm-hmm. It was unbreathable and it was biologics. That I'm like, oh my gosh, they did it for a couple weeks straight. And lo and behold, the whole United States had an outbreak. So they must have been doing this across the whole US. Mm-hmm. So um, because we've got those immunosuppressives, I don't think your immune system is shot. Uh, for me, when the air clears, my immune system kicks right back in. And I think that's true of many people because as soon as your body begins clearing these toxins, which are immunosuppressive, your immune system's ready to go again. And that's not to say that there isn't long-term damage done in long-term exposure because there absolutely is. But I think that more damage is done to the central nervous system and the digestive system than there is uh, the immune system, which is amazingly resilient. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, so, So actually bolstering the immune system, of course, is the big thing with bronchitis that's one of the symptoms i've had that when they spray a certain type and i call it the pharmaceutical type right. and it's often mixed with a couple other types i've i've written an article that talks about the 10 um common uh, the 10 types that i've detected which are distinctly different they have different symptoms um different odor taste um and they're sprayed at different times there's different patterns in which they spray them um the there's one that I call the pharmaceutical type. It actually tastes like a sleeping pill. I know what a sleeping pill tastes like. It has that bitter, mm. it's almost like the odor you have when you're in a hospital. You know that weird medical odor you oh, have? Oh, I
0: hate that smell. Yeah. Yes. It's a cleaning yes. stuff that they use. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it'll actually smell like that, but it will taste like a sleeping pill.
0: Huh.
2: And that causes me to have asthmatic or bronchial type symptoms where I have inflammation. Mm. And what I've been using, Laura, you want to talk about what, I've been, what I have found that, that is a, the most amazing. There's different things I've taken um, that are anti-inflammatory. But there's, a, um, there's an extract that I've uh, begun using uh, this last year, which I just thought I'd try, called Lobelia. And within seconds, that pain and those symptoms go away. It is amazing. So it's my go to. Now lobelia can all if you take too much it'll induce vomiting because that's what it does, not because it's poisonous, but that's just one of the effects. But if you take smaller doses of it, uh, it just opens the bronchioles right up.
0: Is Laura, that still L O B E L I A? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Laura, what do you what do you have on lobelia or what else would uh, bronchial, asthmatic stuff or other immune stuff?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, Lobelia is great. Um, the, uh, <laughs> sorry, um, I, Russ is the front person. I'm behind the scenes with my nose in the computer and books, so I'm not used to doing um, live <laughs> talk. Well, I call her the oh, walking
2: encyclopedia. Yeah, I call. She's gotten up and done lectures in front of groups with no preparation. I mean, she'll just walk in and do a two-hour. Questions and answers about this. So I mean, she's so. Well, let's,
0: let's just pretend that we're all in a living room talking with one another, and that's basically <laughs> that's the You're way we're doing fine. Don't worry about us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, when it comes to respiratory issues, uh, this is where a lot of your Chinese. Herbs and Chinese mushrooms, things like that really shine um, because when you look at research done on traditional Chinese medicine, uh, that's a system of medicine that dates back thousands of years. And they're, um, you know, the the, the Chinese, uh, how do I want to say it? The Chinese way of, of looking at the body is looking at the body of, of, as a whole. So when they have Put together you know over the last you know hundreds and thousands of years they put together these herbal formulas it's to to um not just to address symptoms but really to bring the body back into a place of health and balance so it's a it's a much more well-rounded uh way of looking at health so i really like going to chinese medicine whenever i can and russ had mentioned before cordyceps And that is a Chinese mushroom that has um, a long history of use for for bronchial and respiratory uh, conditions. And there's a lot of research on it, um, especially, you know, Asian research that has shown that cordyceps, you know, has marked bronchodilatory activity. It helps open up the bronchial passages to allow, um, you know, the lungs to to take in air and, you know, get those that the nutrients into the body to help cleanse the blood through exhalation and inhalation. Um, It's actually been used in Chinese medicine for all different types of uh, respiratory conditions, pulmonary emphysema, tuberculosis, bronchitis, pneumonia, uh, even asthma it's, uh, has been especially effective in treating asthma and helping people that have, you know, breathing constriction. So I love cordyceps for that reason. Um, not to mention the fact of its antibacterial antiviral properties as well. Cool.
0: Um, a question that I would, I would hit you with is, um, I have, um, uh, paroxysmal atrial tri- tri- atrial fibrillation, not tribulation. <laughs> and, um, so a lot of uh, medications, kind of, uh, you know, especially anticholinergics, they tend to um, excite the heart and um, and send it into a heart a faster heartbeat, which can lead people to go into AFib. So, um, has there been any studies with these things that <clears throat> that people with um, such conditions should you know consider before they um, <clears throat> before they go down this road? <coughs> Excuse me.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I actually have the same thing. Um, I have the bronchial issues. Isn't it funny talking about the bronchial and asthma, but depending on the source you listen to, is like the, between number one and number three disease right now in children. Mm-hmm. And smoking is at an all-time low. And we're talking about the United States and I think other countries as well, but this is U.S. statistics. Smoking is at an all-time low. That why are we having so many lung problems? Absolutely crazy lung issues today. I know people with asthma and, uh, asthmatic bronchitis and, and such who are young and they're just like, you know, why am I cursed with this? What happened to me? And I'm like, well, because you, you are, you know, breathing in these inflammatory nanoparticles that are toxic, aluminum, mercury, starting barium have no use in your body, no beneficial use, but they are all inflammatory. They're all immunosuppressive. So, um, uh, so isn't that interesting? Laura, you have you have ideas on uh, on this, uh, about the heart issues there?
1: Sure. Um, There are a lot of herbs that people can use, um, and you're asking specifically, though, it sounds more like contraindications that you're interested in. And to answer that question, um, it's a little complicated. Mm -hmm. Most uh, scientific studies that are done in the realm of natural medicine is self-funded, usually by researchers or possibly by, um, you know, a health food company that's looking into, you know, marketing a special kind of herbal blend. Um, so there's actually not a lot of specific studies on contraindications, you um, mm-hmm. Doctors like to give the blanket statement of, you know, well, I don't know that you should, you know, take this or that because, you know, it could interfere. Um, And the honest answer is that they don't really know because a lot of studies haven't been done. However, here and there you do run across some studies. And for example, I mentioned the cordyceps for respiratory issues. Um, Fortunately, with Asian medicine, with Chinese medicine, they do do a lot of research, and sometimes that research does cover um, contraindications. So, with Cordyceps, if you're on an anticoagulant or certain heart medications, you do want to let your doctor know that you're taking the Cordyceps because it actually can make your medication more effective. Oh. So, wow. yeah. So, over in um, you know, in some of the Asian countries, they actually combine traditional medicine, the traditional Chinese medicine, with pharmaceutical mes- medicine, so that way they can prescribe fewer medications at lower dosages, because herbs like cordyceps and some of the other uh, Chinese herbs, astragalus, schizandra, they actually help the medicine work better and more effectively, so... Um, unfortunately you just have to kind of do your own research and a lot of times because you know doctors just here in the u.s are not taught this and most of them have no idea that you know there's research and scientific studies available on herbal medicine
0: and I, i'm going to throw another thing at you too real quick because i think this is kind of funny but um you know i i grew up in an italian american household and we ate a lot of tomato sauce <laughs> you know and uh I noticed that a lot of times when we would, uh, my mother would, uh, you know, we'd, we'd have sauce left over and she would cover the the pot or whatever with aluminum foil. Well, if uh, spaghetti sauce gets on aluminum foil, it eats the aluminum. It just it'll eat a hole right through the aluminum. As a matter of fact, if you leave it long enough. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if if anybody's done, or maybe you know, maybe we can get something going here. Maybe we'll find a cure for Alzheimer's. Who knows? Um, but uh, if 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 some ingredient in spaghetti sauce is actually melts aluminum. And the the common theory today is I don't know how true it still is, but that uh, Alzheimer's is due to a buildup of aluminum in the brain. Um, you know, do you think that or let's just, you know, just run it through the rumor mill here. Uh, do you think that maybe that's there's there's some kind of connection there and maybe it'll help to also detoxify the body of aluminum has have, it, have any studies been done or have you heard of any such crazy thing like that
2: well I can I can start I know that there was a big landmark study years ago that said there's a connection between uh, Alzheimer's and aluminum then they came back a few years later and said oh this study is flawed because uh, the instruments that they were doing the autopsies with were aluminum and they contaminated the samples and stuff like that uh, so there was some mixed messages there what I want to tell you, though, is that one of the most important things with Alzheimer's is that we know, and most doctors who stay current know, that the, uh, there's a genotype that's a, that is a marker for Alzheimer's. And it's called the ApoE4 uh, uh, lipoprotein. And what that is, is that these are uh, proteins that attach to fats, and then they use, they're used for uh, fat transport around the body. Mm-hmm. Now, there's three primary types. There's type 2, type 3, and type 4. Most people are type 3. Um, but the type 4, the APOE4 people, uh, that is the marker for Alzheimer's, that is a marker for Alzheimer's. That is the primary big leading. Dr. Haley, I've read this study. It's absolutely landmark, fantastic study that actually reveals that the APO4 protein doesn't APO liPO4 protein does not apo 4 protein d- uh, does not um, have the ability to carry mercury, whereas the APOE3 does. And wow. so people who are APOE3 are have the ability to <clears throat> detox mercury more efficiently, especially in their fat system, than the APOE4 do. So there's the connection. I mean, this is this should be front-page news everywhere, but, of course, mainstream media assists in covering up all this landmark information that we have access to, which is part of why Laura does what she does, is to get this landmark information out there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a very big thing about Alzheimer's. Um, I also will say that Laura and I had pretty severe mercury toxicity from our amalgams until we finally discovered what the problem was. One of my many problems, I had 17 physical problems and a lot of emotional problems. Laura suffered similarly to the problems I did, and we had complete recoveries. I had most of my symptoms went away in 24 hours, 85%, and 15% of the rest of the symptoms were gone in three months. One of them was memory. Mercury, when you have high levels of mercury, what it does is your nerves are built like wires, and a lot of people have seen the video from the University of Calgary, where you have the uh, uh, the nerves, and then they add a little bit. They have a brain uh, tissue from mice. They add a little bit of mercury, just nanomolars of mercury to the sample. Very very small amounts of uh, mercury, and within 30 minutes, the sheathing, uh, which is uh, proteins called tubulin and actin, which are act act as the insulation on your nerves, the actually. Myelin. Ripping, ripping apart. And what you're left with is the conductor. It's like bare wires, literally like bare wires. And they're called denuded neurofibrils. Mm-hmm. They're the central part of your nerve that actually carries the electrical signal. But they have no more insulation. When I had the mercury poisoning and it got really bad, it started getting bad in 1995. And this is usually the way it happens when you have fillings: is your body reaches that point to where what they say your bucket is full. Mm-hmm. Your body tissue can no longer buffer it. And so you start getting sick, and it usually happens now. Now it's different because we have chemtrails, and we're having mercury and chemtrails. Doctor Marvin Hernan has revealed this. But normally, what happened is in your thirties, around thirty-five, is when people started uh, uh, realizing that their amalgam fillings were making them sick. What happened with me is my short-term memory, which is one of the well-known symptoms of mercury toxicity would get so bad that when I was doing tech support I would have to make notes about the conversation including the name of the person I was speaking with in a word processor on my computer while I was talking wow because I wouldn't remember these things my short term memory got absolutely horrible and I've always been the guy you know ever since I was a teenager who just couldn't remember names dates and places mm-hmm. those types of things were really hard for me When I had my feelings out, my memory became so good, it was like a computer. I would think of a concept or think of somebody's face, like a movie star's face. Like I could picture the faces, but I didn't know the name. But when my feelings came out, my memory within a few months got so good that I could picture a face and I immediately would know their name to the point where it it was revolutionary. And I looked at my life and said, this is the way it was supposed to be. I always wondered why I had these problems. And now I know... It was because of the mercury, according to the CDC, 3 to 17 micrograms per of mercury come off every filling 24 hours a day. Every mercury filling 24 hours a day. That's CDC, and I believe that's very conservative.
0: Right. I
2: could tell you a lot, a lot of stories about that. But anyway, I believe, and especially when you mix mercury and aluminum, the toxicity increases at least tenfold. Not 10%, tenfold. And I talked in your last show about studies that have been done where X amount of mercury was injected to a, a, a community of rats and 10% died. X amount, same amount of, uh, equivalent amount of, of aluminum was injected, 10% died. Then an equivalent amount of mercury and aluminum together and they had a 100% fatality rate. Well, that's 100%. Scary. Yeah. Exactly. So they're synergistic. And you think about today that not only do vaccines have a combination of mercury and aluminum, but so do chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Hey.
0: You know, it's interesting, you you brought that up a couple of, um, a few minutes ago about, um, you know, how, what was it, 2017, Christmas, 2017, they had a a large sickness going on. Um, I'm a nurse, I work in a hospital up in Salem here, and, and I noticed that they used that sickness in order to reinforce to the public that they needed to get their flu shots every year. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know. Make the people sick and convince them that they need to get flu shots, which contain mercury. They're not even uh, hiding that anymore. Um, but uh, you know, so it's it's a campaign. It's it's a campaign of evil. You know, it's like yeah. okay, well we'll make them sick and then give tell them they need to take something else, which is going to e- either make them sicker or or um, or worse. You know
2: it's... you're ab- you're absolutely right. And we call this the Machiavellian business model. Mm-hmm. What this is is you create a problem and then you sell the solution. And the pharmaceutical industry knows. they know that when you inject humans with mercury that twenty, thirty, forty years later, not to mention the short-term effects, you're going to have cancer, you're going to have all kinds of diseases. And in fact, I have a list of uh, mercury associated uh, diseases which is just enormous the number of in fact when you look at the list of diseases we have in the world today you'd think that uh you know that mercury was was almost the single cause but they know this so it's a business model and Mm -hmm. so you have vaccines say oh we cured even though vaccines for for uh, we have statistics now that vaccines were introduced after the associated disease had already been eradicated the pharmaceutical company comes in, introduces a vaccine. I have bunches and bunches of charts on one of my websites. They have these that show the vaccine wasn't introduced until after the disease had been ninety percent eradicated. This is true of many diseases. We have the stati- We don't have a statistic on all the diseases yet, but on the ones that I have, which are um, well over a dozen common diseases, um, the disease was ninety percent or more eradicated. They came out with a vaccine, and then they told the the public, hey, it was the vaccine that eradicated the the disease. It is a statistical scientific fraud. Mm -hmm. It did not happen. It is a lie. And the mercury that they have, not to mention the aluminum and formaldehyde and polysorbate and the other things that are in vaccines, are known, especially mercury, to cause diseases over the course of your life. And I see Laura was looking up something about... uh, Sorry, you, were going, you had stuff up about heart and stuff. <laughs> so, except right. I'm talking so much. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, so I, I just, it, it's a Machiavellian business model. Create a problem and sell the solution. It's hard for people to believe this. And one of the hardest things for people is because most people don't ha- aren't that evil that they would mm-hmm. do something like that. So they just can't believe and grasp. And who wants to think about that? There are people in the world who actually do that. But unfortunately, those are the kind of people that often rise to power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah
0: i um i had a little incident that uh i'd like to relate to you um I, i'm very anti-vaccine yeah you because know, i i grew up in a day when you caught the disease and you you acquired an immunity through that you know um chicken i, I can remember as a kid i had chicken pox the mu- chicken pox the mumps uh scarlatina uh, uh you name it german measles i remember have, having those and um so, you know, natural immunity to those things. And uh, so I, I, I kind of find it weird when, you know, you're, you're reading online and these, you know, it's usually mothers that are concerned about this. And it's, oh you, your children are coming to school and they're, they're not vaccinated. Well, if your kids are vaccinated and what's the big idea, big deal, you know, it's uh, you don't have to worry. And uh, so anyway, I posted something like that online and uh, because I work for a state entity. Um, they looked at my Facebook account and, uh, I got called in the office one day I and mean, my boss came in on a Saturday, which he never does. And I thought this was it, you know, I've had it. And he called me and he says, look, all they want you to do, he says, I got this from my, my boss's 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 boss. And he went to like the 10th power on that. And he said, uh, they want you to remove the post, he says, and everything will be okay. It looks like, and, and remove that that you work for the state, and because it looks like your statement is something that the state is promoting. And uh, and I said, well, you know, while I don't agree with you know your your mode of thinking and everything, I I want to keep my job, and I will go in and I'll I'll remove those things. But uh, and when I changed my things around on Facebook, and you know, I can post anything I want to, and nobody complain about it, but they were so concerned that I was, that, um, that I might, that the state might be, um, uh, anti-vaxxing, <laughs> you know, that, uh, <laughs> that the, uh, you know, I almost lost my job over it, but, um, uh, it, it just, it just never ceases to amaze me. And you, you talked about, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't that educated and everything. And, and it's true because, you know, common sense dictates that if your kids are inoculated, then they're not going to catch it. So why worry? But what they don't factor in is that, uh, and I don't want to get on too much of a political rant here, but um, you know if you oh, let a bunch if if you, if you <laughs> let a bunch of people into the country that are not vaccinated, and you don't require them to be vaccinated because they're here illegal and you don't want to step on their toes and insult them, um, then expect these things to happen. Expect new kinds of TB to start coming into the state. Expecting expect uh, new kinds of uh, flu. Uh, expect the measles to come back expect smallpox to come back you know because smallpox has not been eradicated around the world only in the united states um for the most part around the world but you know there's always an isolated case here or there so um you know if you're going to let people come in if you're going to make my kids or grandkids get vaccinated but you're going to let a whole population of people move here that aren't vaccinated. That doesn't make sense to me. And when I was first married to my my first wife, she came from Mexico and we did things the legal way. Uh, and it is very expensive, but it's the right thing to do. But anyway, we, um, we had to go through, she had to get an examination. She had to have five or six vaccinations, um, or, or show that she had the titers to, to a lot of the things that they required vaccinations for. And, uh, So it's kind of – I can see where people want to come in illegally. I don't agree with it by any means because it's cheaper and everything, and they make it so hard to get in. But at the same time, you know, why are the – well, we know why they're being allowed to come in. I shouldn't even ask that question, but, um, you know – why it's almost like the gun control thing you know i don't know how you stand on that but it's like okay so you want to take guns away from the people that aren't criminals so that the criminals can have the guns so you want to you want to vaccinate and kill the population that's here so that a population that's not vaccinated can come in here and possibly spread disease to the rest of the country you know it's it's just totally bizarre but not i it's not that i don't understand it it's like i don't the reasoning is is uh malicious it's um It's
2: evil.
0: It really is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is one thing about vaccination
2: people don't realize is that there's a a mercury. Um, Mercury has a profound effect on people's personalities. And Mm -hmm. of course, they don't know this because there's no control. You don't have a clone of yourself living a similar life and you have one vaccinated and one not. You just grow up and you are who you are and you don't realize that mercury has affected you. For me, I was very fortunate, and I know a number of the other people who who experienced the same thing, is that I became very mercury-toxic, and then I became mercury-free before chemtrails began. Mm-hmm. People have a harder time detoxing now because they're breathing this stuff every day. But for me, it changed my life. And so what you have is you'll notice that, um, first of all, mercury doesn't affect everybody the same way. Um, right. Because some people have very efficient glutathione systems, which is uh, um, the one of the main substances in your body that actually remove mercury from your body. So some people will get shot, some people exposed to mercury, and they just don't seem to... Uh, be affected. It's just simply not in their body as long, but it doesn't mean damage isn't done just because you don't see physical symptoms or emotional symptoms. But what's often ignored is the emotional side of mercury. You will see vaccinated children who are hyper. This is part of what happened with me is your mind will race. You have bad reading comprehension. You're hyper. You move quick. uh, You uh, have anxiety. There can be depression, bipolar type of symptoms um, racing thoughts. You go into a room and you don't know why. You don't remember because of that short-term problem. Even photophobia, hyperacusis, where loud, sudden noises will bother you. Um, like You you have your kids who get amalgam feelings in their teens and then your teens start, you know, you're saying, oh, your teens are lazy and what's happening and they're rebelling. And, and there's this whole thing about the terrible twos and there's the whole thing about your teenagers suddenly get lazy and rebellious and And they start acting differently. It's like because you're injecting them or you're installing mercury in them. And now they're lazy because they feel tired. They feel depressed. They're starting to have racing thoughts. They're not sleeping as deeply at night. And this is what you see in a lot of children. The unvaccinated children I know are the ones who make eye contact. They're calm. You can have a grown-up conversation with them. They can be focused on a task and stay on that task for a while. Whereas uh, the vaccinated children tend to be, I'm not saying they're all this way, but they tend to have racing thoughts, they move quickly, they're hyper, you can't have a long-term conversation, they have very short attention spans, and this is just a tendency, I'm not saying it's an absolute truth, because if a child has a very strong glutathione system or MTHFR or other systems that help remove toxins from the body, they don't show these symptoms much, but many do, and I was one of the ones who had those uh, had those uh, symptoms, and all my, you know, all my life, especially when the amalgam fillings went in. So a lot of people don't talk about or think about the panic attacks and the OCD and the fear. We call Laura and I call mercury the fear drug because when we both had fillings in, we would wake up, and this is before we knew it was mercury that we were looking for the the cause of our symptoms, which is actually what got us into this business to begin with. We would wake up and feel what we call generalized fear. Mm -hmm. and we would just feel this fearful or dreadful or depressive or fatalistic type of feeling, and we'd look at each other like, why do we feel this way? What is this? And this went on for years, and it became worse, and so we called it generalized fear. So how are you feeling today? Well, I have generalized fear. Okay, and so we, we try to write it off. We try to say, okay, we know nothing's really wrong. Everything's okay. Everything's going well, but yet we have this feeling. When the feelings came out, that vanished overnight.
0: That's amazing.
2: It was it really gone. Is. Absolutely revolutionized my emotional state, my memory, how I could focus, how I could comprehend, my self-confidence. All the fear went away. So mercury is the fear drug. And there's an old study that I saved somewhere, and I've been looking for it for years. I, I'm pretty sure I saved it, that actually said that populations that are mercury toxic are more easily controllable because of the fear that -hmm. mercury induces. And I was like, Oh, this is golden information. Um, and this was something I found about uh, 20 years ago, right after I learned about mercury and started really, really researching it.
0: Yeah. You know, another interesting thing I want to touch on and see what your thoughts are, all of you, um, is, uh, we know that mercury is a metal and antennas are made of metal and, uh, I uh, I work with a population of people. Many of them are schizophrenic, and you know, schizophrenics basically they um, a lot of them they uh, they hear voices, they see um, things that aren't there, respond to internal stimuli, and it's 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 a terrible thing to watch. But um, I've often thought, um, you know, because right right away people are like, oh, he's a schizophrenic, he's got demons, you know, and and that might be true in some cases. I don't know, but um, also. If you're going to inject things into people's bodies or, you know, with the chemtrail sprays and and stuff like that and, it, and they're breathing in mercury and it's going up into the brain, how what easier way to to use the human body or the brain as an antenna to project something into the brain using either Project Bluebeam maybe or HARP or whatever? Um, because it's... It, it's, it's interesting to watch, and I, you know, I, I don't go to work to conduct experiments or anything else. I go to, you know, to help them. But um, it's interesting to watch how, you know, the, the uh, them respond to the internal stimuli and the voices and stuff like that. And um, you got to wonder if, uh, and, and it would be an inter- 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 interesting study, I'm sorry, um, to see exactly if when the chemtrails started being sprayed, um, if the incidence of psychosis went up, you know, talking about schizophrenia or even bipolar disease, who knows? But if the incidence of that went up with the starting of the chemtrail spraying with the mercury, uh, and if it's actually maybe the uh, not necessarily demonic in nature, well, but if you unless you want to demonize the government, which is really easy to do these days. Um, but uh, you know, perhaps that uh, they're they're basically lab rats or experiments that the the government is using in order to to, to see if uh, all this mercury spring is is actually um, working. To where and you used the, the term before, um, you know, controlling the populace, controlling the people. So um, that would that would be something to explore. I don't know if you've ever looked into that, oh. but. Uh,
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, schizophrenia has been scientifically associated with mercury poisoning. Really? Um, Absolutely. I don't have the study in front of me, but this is something... When I initially did my research, I never thought in my life I'd be doing talk shows, and so I didn't uh, didn't, uh, keep all this stuff in an orderly fashion. I just kind of did it for my own uh, benefit, but... Um, I'm, I'm slowly scraping this all together so I can uh, present the actual studies to people when I talk. But it has been associated, schizophrenia has been associated with mercury to- toxicity. Now, the spiritual side of mercury, in fact, when we did the last show a couple weeks ago, I regretted that I, I didn't bring this up. Um, but there is a connection, I believe. And um, we can only speculate about the deeper parts of the connection and how the mechanics of it or the or the physics actually work but i can tell you that uh, mercury is actually used in the religions of uh, santeria and vodun hmm. and what they do if you ever go online or go on youtube and look at the uh, people who are giving themselves over to the spirits now they think this is a good thing those religions glorify giving yourself over to a spirit and you'll see these people act like they're becoming demonically possessed their eyes will roll back, they'll, will, uh, you know, they'll shake and, and dance or move or, or uh, you know, gyrate and raise that, that, that uh, have all of the attributes of a demonically possessed person. And that's their goal, is to let a spirit possess them. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they take mercury and they will put it near the entrances of their house or around their house or around the cracks. They will also wear pendants that are made of mercury. So they're actually breathing. And mercury off-gas is 24-7. This is part of the reason, the problem with amalgam fillings that I mentioned earlier. So you've got this constant off-gassing of mercury. And they use that mercury as a catalyst to facilitate demonic possession wow. in those religions. So there is a connection. And when you look at the big side of the whole politics of this whole thing, we know that part of the goal of the globalists are to create chaos Because they're going to bring ordo ab cao. What does that mean? That's the saying that's commonly associated with masons is order from chaos. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the symbols is the phoenix rising from the ashes, which is a symbol of Lucifer. So you have, the reason they want to create chaos is because from that chaos, they can then uh, implement draconian laws. They can crack down on society using the chaos as an excuse to bring order back to the world so they will bring order out of chaos but the order they want to bring is the new world order mm-hmm. they want to bring a socialistic communistic order that's very tyrannical to the world and part of the way they do that and we talked about this last show's uh, revelation eighteen twenty three talks about the poisoning they deceived the nations by their sorcery which is pharmakia the greek word which means to drug or poison so i see all this stuff working together when they started spraying chemtrails, when I first experienced it, which was in, for me, it was 2003, I experienced it for a day, but I didn't really know what it was. But in 2005, it started in the area we lived um, every single day. And I knew that verse in scripture, and I was waiting to see how the powers that be would poison the population for the purpose of facilitating Ordo Abcow. And when it started happening, I immediately knew this is it. This is Revelation 18.23 in the uh, beginning of its fulfillment. Not not the very beginning because, of course, there's been a lot of modalities of poisoning the population with pharmaceuticals and and vaccines that have the have known poisons in them as well. Mm-hmm. But this was the big one. This is the one that's going to
0: get everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, with that in mind, I, I got to, hey, Jim, you're there still, right? yeah I'm okay
3: here. i just uh, I, have, I have my thing turned off oh no
0: it's okay um well we're t- while we're on the subject of mercury and i don't know if um if we've talked about this with russ <laughs> and i know we haven't with laura because this is the first time here but um uh explain to us uh, how um how the the powers that be in germany back in the 1940s uh uh used mercury uh, russ i don't know if you've heard about this but uh you probably have your, you guys are pretty good researchers, and, you know, when you research one thing, you, you tend to, you know, it's like being a piece of felt around a dog, you know. You, you walk past the dog, and you, you don't mean to, to get any hair on you, but, you know, you get <clears> hair <throat> all over you. But, um, so when you research, it's a lot of times the same way, you know, you research A, and then all of a sudden B and C pick up, and those are little avenues you have to go down after but mercury is uh, used in a mechanical process, or maybe I should say an electro- electrical mechanical process that Jim is quite adept in. And, um, you know, we could take a few minutes. Um, we've only been on an hour. So um, take a few minutes. Uh, Jim, um, explain to him how uh, the, the Nazis used mercury, uh, aside from, uh, you know, physical things. But.
3: Well, they took, they took mercury from, let's say, mythology. They took Mercury Mercury is in uh the Greek uh, assembly of gods, um the Greek god Hermes, the healer. In Rome it was um Mercury. Uh Mercury, which was the fast traveler of communication and tr- uh, and commerce and trade. Um it goes all the way back to Anu, Anubis, um Anu from the Sumerian, Anubis from the Egyptian, Um, he was the god of resurrection of the dead. So in all of this, they took the idea of Mercury, especially from the Caduceus, uh, the uh, medical staff that we have of Hermes. And they said, if we took Mercury and put it in a vortex implosion, it'll produce some electrical charge that will produce some new method or new form of flight. So they started actually working on that. And uh, Richard Schauber, Habermol, some others actually created a craft that used Mercury as its the heart of its engine, putting it in an um, uh, electrically charged and then put it like in a cyclotron, and it could actually reach relativistic speeds and fold space and time around it. And making it separate from the rest of the cosmos this way you can make a vehicle to go twelve thousand miles an hour um, I mean twelve miles twelve thousand miles um, an hour and then come to an abrupt stop and everybody inside has no sense or feeling of anything on the outside because it's actually been surrounded and separated from the rest of uh, the electromagnetic uh, effects of, of an orbiting Earth or anything it's it's like totally separate from it. Um, The interesting thing, too, is also with Mercury is that they actually took something that would have a biological process that existed before the flood from certain entities, we would call Nephilim, and um, reproduced the biological physics to a mechanical equivalency, thereby allowing man to travel the way that a biological entity and i'm saying that angels fallen angels whether they be one or the other they still have a biology to them um, that is mercury based so my claim is that what we are seeing now with mercury and just studying where we find mercury today we recently found that there are pools or rivers or streams reservoirs Of Mercury and all the pyramids that are located everywhere on the planet. It's just a recent discovery. Um, Some theoretical physicists are now saying, oh my gosh, this was part of a a global Wi-Fi system. So when you add all this up, the reason why they're chem spraying and doing what they're doing with the certain things, they're re-terraforming this earth to exist as it was before the flood. And they're doing it so that these other entities crossing back over, coming back into our realm, they have an environment that they can thrive in. They're getting us to either get sick and die from it or to acclimate into the same system. I know that sounds like I read or watch too much science fiction, and I probably do, but it's this is reality, folks. I mean, it, you put all the loose ends together, they're all connected to one story, and that is that we've been robbed from an eternal state and an eternal environment, from the two lies in the Garden of Eden. You should surely not die, and your eyes will be open, you'll be as God's. And so all it is, as the scriptures say, there's nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before. And so all these things existed before, just prior to the flood, just after the flood. And we're seeing the same things coming full circle again in our day and our time. And it's not for the benefit of mankind. It's for the self-serving rebel alliance of fallen angels, demonic spirits. Just that We're talking apples and oranges with uh with demons and, and fallen angels, one is physical and one is incorporeal, wanting to come back over into physics or physical realm. And they are. This is where some of the cutting edge technologies of transhumanism, cloning, um, even CERN, CERN literally is dialing in and laminating over the pit. They think they're bringing in another dimension. Yeah, they are. That other dimension, unfortunately, is the bottomless pit, which is being open. Um, CERN Switzerland is located exactly uh, in the times of the Roman uh, rule, it's it's exactly located on a um, latitude and longitude where the temple to Apollo was. Apollo being the name of the same god, Apollyon, which is rising from a bottomless pit to the surface of the earth mentioned in Revelation's 19th chapter. So, I mean, we're seeing major things of Bible prophecy being fulfilled right in front of our eyes, and we don't even have a clue to see that we'll, what that it is actually prophecy being fulfilled. So there's a terraforming going on in this whole process. And that's why the same chemicals that we're dealing with now are the same things that existed before the flood, the same things that are happening today. It's twilight zone stuff, but it's real.
0: It, it, and the interesting thing that I, I I one of the reasons I wanted him to bring that up and um Russ is and Laura's because um, you mentioned a few minutes ago about Santeria and how they have put mercury all around the house and wear pendants with mercury. And and you, I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that it's, it makes it easier for demonic possession.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, when uh, when uh, we talked, we had the last show and he talked about that very subject that he just talked about. Yes, that in fact the, they use the mercury to facilitate letting the spirits in yes
0: okay so what's interesting about that you know is how do you get a whole world to believe in the beast because it says the whole world wondered after the beast Um, how would that happen unless there was an avenue that a lot of people either deliberately or accidentally in the case of breathing in mercury um, you know were, were turned into basically radio transceivers that can uh, take these things in um without them even knowing it you know and uh so but i do know that scripture says that you know that um anybody uh, talking about the mark anybody who takes the mark is you know hopelessly lost but there are going to be people that don't take the mark so that you know this arises a whole bunch of different um uh questions you know our uh, and, and I don't want to, you know, go into this whole, uh, you know, that there's some people that are, well, there are people that are called out. What I'm trying to say is that I don't want to say that if a person um, has a certain tolerance or intolerance to Mercury, that's going to make one difference or another. Or it may, may, maybe that's the case. But, you know, um, when it comes to, the, to people, um, oh, how am I trying to say? Um, when it comes to people accepting or rejecting evil, um, is it possible that the Mercury is going to make that easier? And um, is it possible also that, and, and I think that we all of us here that are that are here online right now can agree that um, the the United States that we live in right now is is almost drastically different than it was before 9/11. Um, not because of the laws necessarily that were enacted and everything, but it seems uh, since especially since the last i'd say 10 years or so that it's easier for people to see good as evil and evil as good and i even see it sometimes in churches in, in in the christian community uh where you have people that are just going off the deep end uh into into things that they never would have in the past so i wonder i'm wondering if it's possible that um you know it's uh, that this the ingestion or an inhalation of mercury is uh is allowing the enemy or the uh, the government, which many times is the enemy, uh, to to encroach upon a person's life without them even knowing it and have them change their, the course of their life totally so that they don't even know that it's going on. What do you think? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the effects of mercury, and I've been through this myself, I know what it feels like to be mercury toxic. And that's why it was probably four years before Dr. Herndon came out with his study showing that chemtrails contain methylmercury uh, embedded in coal fly ash, I actually wrote an article saying that the symptomology of chemtrails is so identical to mercury that there must be a component of mercury in there. That was my statement in the article that I wrote saying, uh, in fact, a whole series of articles. That I wrote saying that there must be mercury in chemtrails. There has to be because there's no other symptomology uh, that matches. So being someone who's gone through this, I can tell you that mercury weakens your will and your will is vital spiritually. In fact, I look at your spirit as being uh, uh, intimately associated with your will. You know, that is something where you make those intellectual decisions. And in mm-hmm. fact, you know, it's funny because you're talking about good is turned evil and evil's turned good. And we're instructed in Scripture not to be soulish beings. Right. But the interesting thing today is that the world glorifies and glamorizes having soul, being soulful or soulish or, or having soul. But yet I've always looked at it, as I read Scripture and I learned about how things work and how God instructs uh, people is that really being intellectual is a spiritual act. Mm -hmm. And that is such a foreign thought for so many um, conventional Christians, I guess I would call them, you know, who, who haven't really delved into this area yet is that, that when, when you do an act of your will and you make an intellectual decision, that in my understanding is a spiritual act. You are being, spiritual by exercising your will i'm not saying will against god because you can make a decision to go against god's will or go with god's will because he says i set before you life and death therefore choose life he's telling us to make the right decision but yet we still have that freedom mercury um having been someone who's gone through it and have talked to many 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 people who have been through it um mercury just removes your will and puts you uh, and, and it's not—it's a gray area, you know. I don't want people to think it's like a switch that turns on and off. There's people fall into different degrees of this experience when they're mercury toxic, depending on how well they can detox mercury and how much they're exposed to. But you become fearful, you lose your will, you lose your sense of of self, and you become a follower. You become much more prone to following the crowd because it's terrifying to stand out on your own. And this is part of the reason the study that I read years ago, soon after I discovered that mercury was my, the cause of all my issues, all of my issues went away when I, when I had my mercury out. When I, when I read that study, it actually said that. Mm-hmm. People become more controllable, more easily influenceable. Crowds are more controllable who are mercury toxic. Mm-hmm. And so, Yes.
3: So. I think you know, you and the scripture that you had quoted earlier, Russ, just sums that up completely. You know, by thy sorceries were the nations deceived. I mean, the poisoning is that's exactly what it is it's pharmakia by being drugged. How well by this whole process we're seeing here, but in these last days, God has called many, many people to inform so because. The thing is, okay, so this is leading up to the mark or something like that. Well, what about the poor people that are being deceived and never knew it and, and, you know, were breeding this stuff. And so they're victims of the result, but they didn't make a free will choice to reject it. That's what we're doing here tonight on this program. And not just us, but there's God's raising up an entire army globally of people that are coming to aware of these technologies and how they're being used as a weapon against us and explaining it so that you can make an intelligent decision to reject it, to come back to your Lord, to accept His way, not this way. You don't have to be an innocent victim. You can be informed if you're willing to see the truth for what it is and make a decision based on that. That's why we're having this program tonight. That's why there's a movement by God's Spirit. But we have a promise, and it's in the book of Isaiah. It says that, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And this is the promise to them that put their trust in him. This is universal application for everyone, all time, any place, anywhere, any technology, whether it be blue beam, whether it be um, mercury, no matter what it is, any weapon formed against us does not have to affect us. We Mm -hmm. have the power to overrule that as a child of God. That's a promise that we can put our eternal life and and stakes on. This is for us, those that have already entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, or those that are scared to death of what's going on. They have no answer. They have no clue. They they understand maybe what we're sharing tonight, and they're going, okay, my gosh, what do I do next? Get across the bridge. Mm -hmm. That bridge was made by one person. Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. The God that came, became man to be the sacrifice, to be the bridge, to bring us back to where we belong in the kingdom as his child. And as his child, you have an inheritance. And part of that inheritance is that you can overrule and overwrite all this garbage that's put against you. um, By making a free will choice to follow him and just take that bridge and get back to where we belong, which is in the kingdom of heaven, not here. Mm -hmm. And, that's why we're doing this tonight. And that's what's happening right in front of your eyes. You, one time I was explaining about the whole UFO alien deception when I was living mm-hmm. in Roswell. I was talking to this, uh, this guy and he says, well, man, when, you know, if that's all true, well, then, you know, whenever, um, whenever these people are, are going to tell us, I guess, you know, I got to be ready to hear it. I said, dude, what do you think I'm doing right now with you? What do you think do i got to wear a robe and wear a staff and cane and go in sandals and look like some old testament prophet so we i don't care what you call me but i am a new testament version of a prophet a watchman whatever you want to call it you're here right now this is it i'm telling you i'm warning you you know don't look for some old testament you know freaky looking dude just look for some weirdo like me uh uh a guy with a uh, like you laura um I've got an associate's degree in welding, fabrication technology. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I've used it to an extent, but I've taken that and used the degree that opens up other doors for me to get into other areas. Um, I got a year and a half of Bible college, but I've got a background that's equivalent to a PhD. And I've sat at roundtable discussions with the equivalency of that only by the grace and open doors of God. Because I took everything that I had and put it at the feet of Jesus and says, hey, you know, Lord, without you, I can't do anything. So you guide and lead me to where you want me to be. And with that attitude, it's all we have to have is a relational heart condition, not a religion. And God will open all the doors. And you'll be surprised what he can do with any individual. He'll take them beyond. He says it pleases him to use to no effect, uh, to people that are no effect, to make no effect to the people that are. To use the foolish to confound the wise. Well, there's my credentials right there on both counts. And I think probably all of us here, we don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have um, formal anything. If you have a willing heart and a desire to know truth, God's going to lead you into that. And he's going to bring you to a place where he can use you. Mm -hmm. The scripture says, um, study to show yourself approved to God. uh, Work when it needs not be ashamed. Boy, we get that so mixed up and so messed up. Cause, and it's not that the translation is um, wrong, it's just that it loses a lot of its intent by the language structure difference. Mm-hmm. Two words, uh, approved and ashamed. Totally different when you go back to the original Greek on that. We're looking at it as, okay, we got to learn a lot about God so that then we, uh, when people ask us questions, we won't look stupid. We'll have all the knowledge. We'll know. Man, it's got nothing to do with intellect. You look at the word approved. Basically, that word means to be able to be used. It doesn't mean a guy saying, huh, yes, you got all the answers. I'm really proud of you. You've got this great intellectual process. Now that is essential to have logical deductive reasoning and to be able to view evidence and see how things are put together. But it goes beyond that. Being approved means to be able to be used. God is not saying, I'm, I'm approving you because you're smart. I approve of you because you made yourself accessible so I can do through you what you can't do on your own. The mm-hmm. verification of that is in the word ashamed. It doesn't mean that we have the answers and so because we then we don't look stupid. Ashamed literally means several things multifunctional are going on that is all about relation. What it means is that we are, we will have a firm foundation. We will have, let's see, now I'm going to have a senior moment. No, I don't accept that. Come on. Um, It means that we're going to have a firm foundation. We're going to have a confidence in our God. And we're going to have an awareness of his promises so we have, we have three things. We love God before anything. We believe his promises through his word. And we rest on that, giving us great strength, giving us a confidence, giving us a boldness. So that the scripture in Daniel, it says that many will be seduced by flatteries, but they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. We're at a time right now we need to know him, know his mind, know his ways, know his procedures. Because sometimes he doesn't work real logical. You know, there was a time when um, Elijah was going to challenge the the prophets of Baal. And so the idea was that they were going to both prepare a um, sacrifice to be burned. And God was going to burn the one that he would approve. So God tells Elijah, I want you to soak it with water. I want you to put a trench of water around it. And then just soak everything with water. Well, that's the opposite of what you'd want to do. You'd want to get everything nice and dry and and wait for the Lord to just come and zap it. So that when the Lord uh, consumed it with fire, he even melted the rocks, he burnt everything. Sometimes we do what appears to be the opposite in logic so that God can, beyond a doubt, show his power and his might. Probably why he uses a foolish compound of wise, because then we can't grab the credit. Nobody say, oh, well, this guy's really smart and he was able to figure it out, no. wow, God used this guy, he's just like me, but he used him in spite of himself and look what great thing happened through it. Mm. He gets all the glory, Mm. not man. So there's a way it seems right unto a man, the ends thereof are the ways of death. You know, good intentions get you nowhere. Usually the highway to hell is paved with good intentions. So what I think, I feel, I believe doesn't really matter. What God's word says does. So, I'm, you know, I don't mean to get into a little sermon out here, but, you know, it's kind of like, This is the inheritance that we have as his children. We don't have to have fear. We have promise. We have hope. We have a foundation that we can fix ourselves on and stand upon uh, in contracts to the world. Um, I think it's awesome that quantum physics is a new science, not all that new. It's been around since the 20s. But ever since the discovery of the atom bomb and other things, because that was already formulated as early as back in that time, too. Uh, And what they conclude is that this world isn't even real. Elon Musk has taken it to the next step, you know, and and really done a a whack job on all of that. But um, what it does for us as Christians is it confirms everything that God has told us reason why not to put your uh, treasures here in this realm but to put it in the kingdom, because this is Pinocchio world. It's not even real. It's trying to be real. Satan thinks he's going to make it real. That's why he's working terraform, redo everything in his fashion, in his way. He's, he didn't rip Adam and Eve off completely. He wanted to provide his own alternative means of an eternal life and an eternal environment. A matrix. So it's two lies or two promises. Yeah, mm-hmm. matrix, exactly. Yeah. That's why we're opposing it. That's why our program is named Opposing the Matrix. Yeah. Um, we don't yeah. have to stand for it. We can be like Neo. Once Neo found out that he was in this Pinocchio world, what did he do? He starts flying around and <laughs> just disobeying every natural law that's around. Why? Because he could. <laughs> because it was all just a, a concocted dream world,
0: really. Yeah, and, the holodeck, basically.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And basically that's what we're in. And once we find that out and find our inheritance as children of God, we can overrule all of that. But there's a certain practical method too. We have to do our part. This is where Laura's work comes in as as vitally essential um, in combination with Russ's work. Um, We have the one that can make the connections as to what the poison is. And then we've got the person that can match that poison with a cure. Mm-hmm. it's right here for you right now. And it's explaining everything so you can make a free will choice. Do you want what's artificial and, and and junk? Or do you want the real deal? It's like that joke I shared last week too. It's like, you know, God picked up the dust of the earth, created everything and said it was good. Satan looks at that and go, I can do that. So he picks up the dirt, gets ready to do the same thing. And God says, hey, that's my dirt. Get your own. Mm-hmm. He doesn't exactly. have his own dirt. So he's got to twist, malign, tweak, and augment what's God's and distort it. And he has, and so his, in his deluded mind, he thinks, well, if I do everything the same but opposite as God, then I'm entitled to this, this, and this, and that, you know, my own people and my own realm, and and I'm entitled to it. Yeah, you know, you're part right. And look what you do to this Pinocchio world. You turn it into a lake of fire. And guess what your rule, rule of, uh, realm of rule is? And guess who's going to follow you? Those that took your mark. Right.
0: Have fun. You know, there's um, there's a couple other compounds I wanted to ask you guys about, um, and I, you know, I'm like you, everybody else. I have to do it while I have it in my brain, or else I forget. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know that uh, there was there was rumors that they were putting lithium in the water. Okay, and I know what lithium does because I've seen people that's on it that are on it. It's a, it got a calming effect, but it can be toxic. And another one is fluoride. That uh, if the government is trying to push something, watch out for it. You know. Yeah. So, what do you um do you think that maybe they're they're also putting lithium and or fluoride into chemtrails too?
2: I think it's entirely possible. Um, we have a Dr. Herndon who did uh, who collected the residue and dust filters and other various forms and actually wrote and published a paper on this. He's a geophysicist. Um, showed all kinds of stuff in there, and the signature of the metals when you look at the uh, quantities, they did a quantitative signature showing um, what metals were actually in the residue that was collected from the air, almost perfectly matched that of coal fly ash. Hmm. Now, coal fly ash is very very toxic, and it contains methyl mercury. That's one of the things. And I was so thrilled when he when he came out with that paper, because I was like, there's my validation. I knew it must be mercury because symptomatically there's nothing else that matches this, but there's also strontium and barium and, and, um, uh, lead and cadmium and, uh, arsenic. There's all kinds of horrible things in there. Um, as far as lithium, I don't recall at the moment. In fact, I should pull that up and see if that's on his chart in his paper. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised because that's, Part of what the powers that be are doing is they're shutting down people's intellect and they're emotionalizing the world. They're either shutting you down and they glorify the emotions. Because when people are emotionally based, I call it emotionally based, when you make an emotionally based decision, you're very easily controllable. Mm-hmm. And because Mercury shuts down your will, it, you ever see those people, uh, maybe protesters who um, are of a certain persuasion, perhaps you may have seen groups of protesters that just seem like they're not connected right. they're just <laughs> mimicking and i'm I, and again i don't mean to, i'm not trying to be derogatory but I'm, i have compassion no. mm-hmm. they're not connected and they're just mimicking what they're told to do they're part of a group because for whatever reason they fell into that mold and it, it it's not an intellectual decision it's an emotional decision and i see those people as among other things being under the influence of Mercury, not intellectually thinking, they're going by their emotions. And that's what the world wants us to do. That's I, I look at it as one of our weaknesses that the other side tries to attack us through. Make people emotionally based and then use that vulnerability to control them. And, and uh, Mercury is one of the things that really does that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I can actually add a few, um, if I could, a a few notes about that, because unlike Russ, Russ experienced a lot of physical symptoms because of mercury toxicity. Um, I had 20 amalgam fillings when they were removed. Um, Some of them were pinhole fillings, but all of my molars had nice big silver fillings in them. Um, And I was very mercury toxic. But for me, and I know this happens with a lot of people. It affected me more emotionally and mentally. Um, I had a terrible time with like what you guys were talking about, fear and being uh, afraid and and just always feeling overwhelmed, always feeling uh, claustrophobic, like I couldn't breathe. Um, you know, not having confidence. Um, you talked about, you know, uh, how you know we're on a firm foundation in Christ. Even though I was a Christian, even though I believed with all my heart, I felt unstable. Like I didn't have that firm foundation. And I was very emotional, um, very prone to anger and irritability. Not because I wanted to, but it, it was just kind of n- not under my control. And when I got my amalgam fillings taken out, got that mercury you know, detoxed, it changed my life. Um, so, I can just attest to the fact that mercury really does uh, cause you know, mental instability, mental challenges. And from a scientific perspective, we know from research that mercury not only inhibits glutathione production, which is your body's most important antioxidant, it also interferes with DNA methylation and impaired DNA methylation is associated with all kinds of psychiatric and neurological disorders, including, like you guys talked about earlier, schizophrenia and bipolar disorders and other mental impairments and impaired cognitive function. So mercury is just really a a key um, inhibitor of everything that that, you know, we want to stay strong and strong cognitive abilities, you know, strong emotional states. So by using mercury, they can just come in there and just disrupt all of that. And so it is very important um, to try to protect yourself from mercury exposure. Mercury is ubiquitous now in the environment. So it's not just, you know, don't eat fish, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to breathe the air. (laughs) So And and we're being exposed to mercury all the time, so it's really important to try to protect your body as much as possible. Keep your glutathione production strong. Um, Some of the Chinese herbs like schizandra help enhance um, your liver's glutathione antioxidant system. Milk thistle um, inhibits the body's depletion of glutathione. Um, Inulin which is a a vegetable fiber, helps uh, promote good, healthy gut bacteria, which in turn then helps increase levels of glutathione. So all these things, you know, are work together to help make your body stronger and more resistant. Algin is another non-digestible dietary fiber from seaweed. Algin was crucial to Russ and my recovery from mercury poisoning because it, it goes through the body and acts just like a sponge to absorb mercury and a lot of other highly toxic heavy metals and toxins um bacteria die off that are in the colon and algin absorbs it and keeps your body from reabsorbing and redistributing it so algin is another real important uh component that we use to help with our mercury detox so i just wanted to throw that in about the emotional aspects um you know and what mercury can do to you emotionally it definitely weakens your will makes you fearful makes you afraid or angry you know some people, you know, swing one way, you know, fearful, afraid, timid, shy. Other people tend to swing the other way, other way with anger and irritability and, um, you know, just emotional outbursts. So um, hopefully that helps your listeners maybe see themselves and see that maybe that, you know, they can see that type of challenge in their own body.
2: Yeah. Plus, and from a biological point of view, I mean, D-H-E-A-S, right? What is that a pre- precursor for, Laura?
1: For glutathione production,
2: right, and many other sex hormones, um, right. Your your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone are all one way or another related to things that mercury interferes with. Mercury interferes with selenium, magnesium, zinc, iodine, sulfur. Every virtually every protein in your body has sulfur in it. And so mercury literally interferes because it binds very strongly with sulfur. It depletes your body of sulfur. So what do you get? You get arthritis or you get sulfur-depleted issues. But also when you take away zinc, then zinc affects testosterone and DHT. This is why balding. I mean, you can just draw a chart to hundreds of very common conditions and diseases where uh, oily skin, you know, you, when you have increased DHE, uh, DHA or uh, dihydrotestosterone, DHT, um, you can have, you have balding, you have, uh, um, you have hair loss in women uh, or hair growth where, where women t- typically don't want hair growth. Um, uh, you'll have oily skin, for example. And when you affect those sex hormones, you affect behavior and the emotional hormones too, things that affect uh, your emotions. So Laura talked about some people swing one way, some people swing the other. And also what I've experienced a lot is some people swing both ways is that they'll go into depress? This is like bipolar disorder. They'll get depressed, they'll be in a low, and then they'll get hyper, and they'll be hyper up and hyper down. It's like not only is emotion uh, mercury the fear drug, but it's also like an emotional amplifier. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, kind of muting your own will and making you more emotional. Of course, that goes right into the hands of the globalists. And this is why I frequently, when I've written articles, have referred to as mercury as the favorite poison of the globalists.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Right. So glutathione, that's 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 the, what you were talking about, is what um, the body uses, right? Um, I think is what you said. I'm trying to look at my notes. Um, and so can can you replace the glutathione with a tablet, or is it just something that you can take these other things for in order to keep your body from making, or to keep your body making more of it so that it's your body is effective?
2: Yeah, you can actually promote production of glutathione uh, with precursors, like, and I'll let Laura talk on this, um, uh, but N-acetylcysteine. You can also take reduced glutathione, and now they have liposomal glutathione. Uh, Problem with taking straight glutathione is 90% of it will get uh, destroyed in your stomach. But reduced glutathione, um, companies like Gero make it, um... Uh, will retain about forty percent of their substance in your stomach, and the liposomes more. Lord, you know how much the liposomal, i don't remember the percentage—but it's a lot better than even the reduced. Yeah. So, so, um, mm-hmm. so, what else? Yeah.
0: Oh no, I was going to ask. Well, you, she was talking about the algin, um being very, um, very good to take. Um, I was just wondering how, when your body—I I understand about binding and stuff like that, binding agents so when when the um when the mercury binds to the uh the oh, was the algin, um how is it eliminated? Is it eliminated through the kidneys is it eliminated through the the uh, uh, the kidneys or liver or what
1: yeah algin actually uh, eliminates things through the gastrointestinal tract so okay. um in fact it's even used as a natural bulk laxative you know for some people. Um, But its binding properties are what are so amazing. And in fact, when I was doing research, um, I never knew this about algin. But the way I found out about it was they use algin or sodium alginate is another way of describing it in um, environmental wastewater cleanup um, for nickel, for um, iron, for hexavalent chromium.
2: Barium, too, barium.
1: Yep, barium. So... We actually, you know, we're familiar with a company that sold algin in capsules, and we started taking it, and it just just had phenomenal results, and now, you know, many years later, decades later, more research is coming out about how it is, um, you know, it inhibits toxic heavy metal uptake in the in the colon, so it's very effective, but it, it, it does work through the colon.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So, um... And let's see, I had another question. I see, there we go. I forgot. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. um, So you were talking about the the grease. I call it, I'm Italian, so we call her. we were always called greasers, so I'm sorry. But um, oily skin and a little bit of balding. And uh, and you were associating that with mercury toxicity, I do believe. Um, So the sodium alginate and stuff like that, if if you're a person theoretically were to start that and they had the uh the oily skin and uh, and starting to get pattern baldness a little bit. You know, I'm sixty years old so you know some of this stuff is you know, I expect with the balding especially. But um I thought you had a full hair head of hair there. Yeah, well I, I could I could do a good comb over in the front. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But it's getting yeah, it's getting thin, and uh, so uh, I was just wondering. Um, so, it, if, uh, you know, I, how would that would that be reversed? Would my skin, uh, especially my face? Oh, the oil is terrible. Um, but uh, you know, if you wanted to get rid of that, uh, and you were to use this um, kind of subscribe to this uh, does is that reverse does your skin become less oily does your maybe your hair loss would probably stop but does it reverse it or what
2: yeah in my in my own experience real quick is that when my uh, symptoms built up when the mercury built up in my body and my quote unquote bucket became full from 1995 to 2000 I started experiencing a lot of hair loss and very oily skin I mean mm-hmm. my it was very oily. When the the amalgams came out beginning 24 hours after my skin was perfectly balanced. I had no oily skin. It was absolutely balanced. I didn't there. And of course, 17 other symptoms, even more than that. But those are the prominent symptoms that I had were, were 85% gone in 24 hours. Um, but, but talking about the reversal, um, that was, that was my actual experience with it. And my hair loss actually stopped and I did experience a little bit of filling in. Mm-hmm. But the reason, and we talk about like some groups, you know, like Italians or some, there are some ethnic groups that tend to have higher testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is this is another discovery by Dr. Boyd Haley. He discovered that testosterone blocks the methylation of B12. In other words, you don't have a methyl group uh, joined with B12. So what happens with B12 is if you can't methylate B12, well, B, uh, the chemical pathway for B12 ends up in glutathione production, and it goes through homocysteine. So what happens is your homocysteine levels get high. high every doctor knows high homocysteine levels are associated with, with coronary disease, heart attacks, mm-hmm. and uh, cholesterol buildup in your, in your veins. Well, that's another mercury symptom because what you're doing is as that mercury increases and your B12 production reduces... Um, You can't methylate B12, therefore you don't produce glutathione. So in those people with high testosterone, glutathione production, the very thing that gets rid of the mercury is reduced. Hmm. So those people, so high testosterone people are more vulnerable to mercury than other types of people. So that's where that stereotype comes from. Hmm. So, yeah, so you have this, yeah. And so you have this, so the whole stereotype, I mean, you can it's amazing that mercury has defined cultures. Mercury has affected influence so deeply and so profoundly, people have no idea. But you can actually then start working on, that's why methyl B12 is so popular. If you go into any health food store 20 years ago and you ask for a methyl B12, they're like, what? Or methylcobalamin or methylfolate. They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Today, methylfolate and methylcobalamin are one our primary detox supplements, because of these discoveries about how high testosterone blocks methyl B twelve and therefore raises homocysteine and depletes your body of glutathione production, lowers your glutathione production. Huh. So now these supplements are very very common. In fact, I use methylfolate and methyl B twelve five days a week. So go ahead, Laura. You've got uh, stuff up on your screen. T- I don't mean. Can I time in just a second before
3: you switch over there? Please. Has that been proven to help? Children
2: with ADHD? Um, in in uh, people that I have seen online talk about this or articles I've read from mothers who have had children with ADD and ADHD. And this, again, when I, when I talk about my own mercury symptoms, I was very hyper. My thoughts raced. You had uh, all of those things. I know what it's like for a child because I was that child. Uh, I have a son with had-
3: ADHD, and we're we're experimenting with the very thing you, you just talked about. Yeah, uh, just in this last week, and the difference is just profound.
2: Wow, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's in fact, profound. one, I'm so glad to hear that. In fact, one of the things the FDA, and I mentioned this in the last show, the FDA removed uh, DMP uh, DMSA oral DMSA from the market uh, a few years ago. Why? Because there were so many people online talking about how they had gotten rid of, I uh, hope the audience, here's my word, gotten rid of their child's autism, ADD, ADHD, and other associated issues. In fact, those children almost always have digestive issues as well. I had all of that, all of that when I was a child before they had a name for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I had all of that. So what did the FDA do? because so many uh, uh, parents were getting rid of all those symptoms from the kids, they removed it from over-the-counter sales. so now it's really hard to get. So you have to find a doctor who's willing to work with you, which is really hard to do, but that's what the FDA does. They're protecting, because if the public found out that DMSA, oral DMSA, got rid of those problems, the next logical conclusion is, well, those problems must be caused by mercury. Yeah. But because we are, so so they're just, suppressing all that information but i think lord did you say you had something about
1: well i was just going to say that it isn't it interesting as you mentioned earlier that mercury lowers zinc levels and zinc level low zinc levels are associated with higher anxiety especially um, among students with adhd symptoms so uh, definitely trying to do things that help protect the body from mercury can, in turn, help with anxiety disorders, attention deficit disorders, things like that.
2: And you'll see... Oh, go ahead, Cyril. I'm sorry.
1: No,
0: I just said, huh.
2: <laughs> oh, so, and in, in one thing that really gets under my skin is that the pharmaceutical industry has hundreds, and I believe thousands of writers who put out these articles and have fake news on these websites, and almost every day I see an article come out saying all these crazy things, and they're not really crazy, but they, they don't ever tell you the answer. They say something like, well, uh, low thyroid has been associated with sleep disorders, or uh, such and such uh, is been associated, has been associated with uh, anxiety, or <clears throat> such and such. And, and what just gets under my skin is that the reason those two things are associated, they don't give you the answer. The reason those things are associated is because they're both caused by mercury. Mm -hmm. So if you have a sleep disorder, you have a problem. This is one thing I had is I would sleep uh, four. I actually got up five times a night, um, would have all of these sleep problems. I I felt worse when I woke up because my sleep was so shallow because of my racing mind, right? The day my feelings came out that night, I had the best night's sleep I've had my entire life. I didn't know you could sleep so well. Mm -hmm. And it changed my body temperature because mercury binds to iodine. So peop- we, have all- we have this epidemic of thyroid issues today. People are eating diets, trying to take iodine, but it's not going to reach your thyroid, it's not going to be processed because it gets bound up by mercury and it never gets utilized in your body. That's one of the many things that mercury, mercury is very, very reactive and it'll bind to iodine. So we're wondering why we have thyroid problems, but these articles just eat me up because they say this is associated with this and they never give the public the answer. They just keep saying, oh, we're doing research and we found this association and we found, and it keeps the public chasing their tails and it's all obviously clearly intentional because they never let you know that the real bottom line when you get into the research and you start connecting the dots it's mercury mm-hmm. it's mercury
0: mm-hmm. has anybody ever done a study with uh, colonic problems such as ibs uh, d or ibs uh um the other one because <laughs> um, i uh you know that's one of the things i've suffered with for many years and um you know, it's it's one of the things that I wish I could cure. And now that I've got, it, I'm, I'm missing a third of my intestines because of cancer a couple of years ago. Um, but um, you know, it's 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 gotten worse actually. <laughs> the IBS has. And so, um, do do any of the, does first of all does mercury affect the uh, the colon in a negative manner? Um, I think you have partially answered that. Um, but at the same time, does it make those kind of things like colitis? Uh, uh, Crohn's disease, maybe even you could throw in there. Does it tend to um, uh, affect those things also
2: profoundly? This is why Dr. Haley, one of my favorites, there's Dr. Shade, Dr. Price. These are all uh, 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 just people who are on the, who are on the cutting edge who have brought us so much information. They talk about this. Dr. Haley in a lecture actually brought this out, saying that. Basically, what you find with these autistic children, with ADHD children, is almost all of them have digestive issues. Huh. And what happens is um, is uh, profound. First of all, the first uh, level of defense in your immune system is your gut. Mm-hmm. Well, mercury destroys as a very strong um, immunosuppressive. So you have, if you have amalgam fillings or even breathing in mercury like we are now, the air right now that I'm breathing, uh, when I'm not speaking, I'm holding my wet mask over my face because it's just, we we're on a, under a really bad plume right now, and I'm having mercury symptoms right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is it uh, lowers your immunity in your gut. It causes mutations to the flora, which are the friendly bacteria in your gut, which then will start damaging your gut. Mm-hmm. It also hinders because it binds to chlorine Mm -hmm. um, and other substances that actually hinder enzyme production and the production of hydrochloric acid. So then you have acid reflux, you have heartburn after you eat, um, your whole gut system doesn't work. Also blocks magnesium, so now you have um, constipation. Magnesium is... Absolutely critical for ATP, adenosine triphosphate production, which is your energy molecule in your body. So now that gets shut down and you have a whole slew of gut issues. Where do these come from? Mercury. That's why they're so often associated with the behavioral issues, uh, the Alzheimer's issues, the uh, the whole ADD and the Alzheimer's spectrum. Laura, did you, you look like you had something pulled up on that too.
1: Well, well you can also th- – things like leaky gut um- – That has become so common uh, in the population these days um, because, again, mercury destroys the healthy colonic flora and then that bacteria causes um, inflammatory bowel diseases which in turn then compromises your gut barrier and destroys the gut barrier function leading to leaky gut. And that condition that they call leaky gut... um, has been known to not only initiate but also exacerbate other non-intestinal problems such as allergies, asthma, certain autoimmune diseases, and also autism are all related to leaky gut problems, which is caused by mercury.
2: Right, and one one of the modalities of mercury, too, is called methionine mimicry. This is just one example of an autoimmune disease because we know ALS, um, is a mercury-based uh, uh, disease, but also when you have um, mercury binds to sulfur and when you ha- uh, your body produces methionine, it's one of your detox modalities in your body. When you have that molecule bind to mercury, your body begins to develop antibodies and attacks that methionine molecule that has the mercury because it sees the mercury and it sees that molecule's non-self. But when it when it creates that system, when it, when it actually creates that uh, antibody, then the parts of your body that produce methionine begin to be attacked as well. Mm. And that's called methionine mimicry. And that's one of the many modalities where mercury causes um, autoimmune diseases and allergies. And I also believe the whole gluten, why everybody's having gluten problems, and I know gluten is a problem for other reasons. But I believe the reason why you see gluten-free food everywhere is because now everybody is breathing mercury with every breath they take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I found that I do really good without bread. I get off of bread and I'm my, you know I do fantastic. I lose weight in the whole nine yards. Eat bread? I'm, I feel like I'm dead.
2: <laughs> yeah, so no, I hear you. the whiter the bread, you.
0: the quicker you're dead. Um, <laughs> explain what leaky gut is i I don't know if a lot of people will know what that is. Laura?
1: Sure, yeah. Leaky gut is just a a very common uh, name for someone who has a compromised or permeable gut barrier, your intestinal barrier. Like Russ was saying, that's your first uh, level of immune protection, is the lining of the intestinal tract. And so when someone says, you know, they've got leaky gut syndrome or, or they have leaky gut problems, what that simply means is that foreign substances, toxins, can uh, penetrate through the intestinal barrier into the surrounding blood and lymphatic circulation. It's not supposed to be that way. What What's in the colon is supposed to stay in the colon until it leaves the body. But with someone that has a leaky gut problem, they're getting some of these uh, toxins and foreign substances into the bloodstream and lymphatic system. And then that, in turn, triggers an immune response because the body realizes something's not right. And so the immune response uh, that is triggered, usually it's an inflammatory immune response because inflammation is the body's defense mechanism that, you know, uh, responds to harmful stimuli. Mm -hmm. So that's, in a nutshell, that's what leaky gut is.
2: And where does this begin? Yeah, it begins when you have mercury that causes mutation in your intestinal flora, which then begin damaging your intestinal lining. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know what's interesting, too, is that they're starting to find out that um, heart attacks aren't necessarily um, a, a, what do you call it, a cholesterol problem. What they're starting to figure out now, a lot more doctors are, <clears throat> it is that it's an inflammation problem. Um, what happens is your, the linings of your arteries get inflamed, and then sooner or later, uh, there's an, a little bit of an eruption that, that develops and it makes a lump inside your artery. And then all of then that then, then the cholesterol starts taking into effect because then it starts backing up behind that, you know, if you just picture a river, you know, that has a bend in it or, you know, or, or, or a gigantic rock in it, let's say, or a boulder. Um, so the water can't go around it. So it, it kind of, everything that's in the water that <clears throat> would never normally flow downstream kind of get stuck behind the rock or, you know, an eddy. <clears throat> and, um, and so, and then, and then it builds on itself and then, it, you know, you, then you have your, uh, your, your clogged artery, so to speak. <clears throat> so, um, uh, inflammation is playing a big part of that. So that kind of really figures in with this. Um, that's, that's very good information. Yeah. And, um, uh, so and, and
2: where, oh, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. I'm, I'm done.
2: And, and where does this start too? Well, with that cholesterol buildup, mercury interferes with enzyme production. Well, enzymes get rid of a lot of cancers, but they also uh, process your lipos, your fats, and your cholesterols. So when you're chronically low with your enzymes, then that's a ripe situation to have the cholesterol buildup uh, in in your arteries as well. So again, so these cholesterol problems that have gone on for years and years, you can see a correlation with the the population's exposure to mercury also correlating with cholesterol issues. Mm -hmm.
0: So I, I had my amalgams all removed, um, back in 2000, beginning of 2011, I think. And, um, I never really noticed, you know, it might've been, it might've been something, uh, more psychological that was going on with me and I, I didn't notice it that much, but, um, so the only thing I can think then is um if, if I'm having these problems still is I'm breathing it in. You know, it's uh or I'm or I'm ingesting it somehow in foods. Um uh, but because uh, if it's all yeah. over the place I mean if it's if it's coming down it's it's going into the grass so the cows are eating it, the sheep are eating it, um and it's going into their systems and uh, of course it's going into the ocean so the fish are eating it and and then and, and lakes and streams the fish are eating it, you know, other things that have it in it or they're taking it in directly into their gills um but um so basically the the whole earth is tainted and uh so we have to uh we have to to fight not just once to get rid of all this stuff but it's got to be a constant battle and that's what i'm seeing
2: Yeah, I wrote an article called, not too long ago, called Why People Don't Recover from Mercury Poisoning Anymore. What I saw before chemtrails started is I saw people get their amalgams out, and one after another, they had these miraculous recoveries from all of these problems they've had since they were young. Mm -hmm. And I saw this over and over again, but when chemtrails began, that stopped happening. Right. And I believe and I wrote another article talking about one of the, you know, the many reasons for chemtrails. And that's what I wrote as one of the reasons is that when the public started discovering that removing their amalgam fillings got rid of all these problems, the natural conclusion is that mercury was the cause. So all these problems were not like genetic issues. This was all caused by a poison in your body that was put there. And, and, uh, So the public, it was very important to the globalists that the public never discover this. So what happened by spraying the world with coal fly ash and and, uh, exposing the world to mercury, now you don't have those dramatic recoveries anymore. The Mm -hmm. public no longer makes that association because you've destroyed the control group. You cannot get mercury free anymore. So when you think you've removed the mercury and your diseases and your problems don't go away, then people... The public dismisses the idea that, oh, it might have been caused by mercury. And so I believe that part of the reason for spraying mercury is a psychological operation to prevent the public from discovering that so many of the diseases that they have today and that their friends and and loved ones have suffered from or died from were caused by mercury.
0: Mm. Wow, what a way to sum it up, man. Telling you. It's... uh, It's, um, I'm, I'm glad that we have this show tonight because, you know, it's going to answer a lot of questions for a lot of people, you know, because there's, there's a lot of people that are, you know, like me, you know, they come down every, every cold that's around, you know, I, um, I become in my own way, a little bit of a germaphobe because if I have a a grandchild or, or somebody close that's sick, it's like, okay, you stay over there, you know, and, uh you know, constantly washing my hands to the point that, you know, I'm a nurse, so at work, I have to wash my hands all the time anyway. So, you know, they, they start to get cracked and everything else. But, um, all it takes is one person to, you know, to be in a certain area or touch something that I touch and I get it, you know, it used to be my immune system was pretty strong. And that was, uh, actually that was back before the nineties in the nineties is when things started to really go down the drain. But, um, Anyway, it just answers a lot of questions that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are agreeing right now. Yeah, 1995
2: is when most people uh, have witnessed the beginning of widespread spraying. Between 1995 and 2005 was the largest increase, where it mm-hmm. where people saw it really the whole program really expand dramatically.
0: Right now, do you think that let's just say that tomorrow they they you know let's just say tomorrow President Trump comes out and he says, okay, I realize that they're spraying this stuff. I realize it's hurting Americans. I, I put an order to stop it right now. Uh, there are some people out there that's saying that that's actually starting to happen, but um, I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, do you think that, um, or, you know, do you have any thoughts about, um, you know, will it ever get leached out of the soil uh, in time? Will it ever, uh, is there a possibility that it would just, people would start getting better, you know, animals wouldn't be taking this in anymore and passing it along and stuff like that. Um, let's just say that, you know, he, there was an edict to stop this and, uh, would, would, uh, would people recover?
2: There's no question in my mind that there would be a huge change. And here's the reason why is that, um, when I'm out and about doing errands in town, I live in rural Maine, but when I go into Bangor, When the air is mild, people are happier, they are healthier, brighter, more chatty, more personable, everything changes. When I go into town and I'm doing my errands, people in the air is really bad, people have dark circles on their eyes, their whole personalities are different, it's a whole different world. So I see a direct correlation to how people act and how people are feeling and how the air is at a given moment. Now, the body removes these things fairly quickly, you know, and at least uh, gets them out of the bloodstream. Now, mercury and other things are often moved into organs like the the heart uh, or the central nervous system, areas where there's a lot of sulfur, particularly because mercury has a real affinity for sulfur, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, So people can feel better pretty quickly. Mercury doesn't stay in the blood that long. So I think if the spraying stopped, you would see a dramatic change. In the way people feel, you would see uh, in all of these diseases, and the asthmas and the cancer. Mercury is also. I have an article that relates it directly to leukemia. Mercury is uh, does destroy genetics. It by de- by definition is mutagenic, so it does cause cancer.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Um,
2: absolutely, and so. Um, I think you would see a huge change. In fact, when they started spraying in the town I lived in, because they started dramatically, I mean, in the course of a year, it just, there wasn't anyone that I knew within 12 months that didn't ha- know somebody close to them in their family who had cancer or another life threatening disease. It was unbelievable. From the UPS man to an employee that we had to, It was just unbelievable how everybody started getting sick. And what astonishes me is how few people notice these patterns. So I do think there would be a big change. And I do think one beautiful thing about it is that aluminum is very abundant in soils. And it's bound in bauxite and clay. Um, But mercury is very reactive with aluminum. So the nice thing is that when mercury gets into the soils, it's a bad thing, certainly but a lot of it would get bound to mercury and that provides a nice barrier for the water supply to protect it from mercury that's trying to seep down through the ground so okay that's cool there there's hope you know there's a, there's there's so a, you know few positive things to say but i think <laughs> if they stop spraying we would see a dramatic change in people's health and their demeanor mm-hmm.
0: well that's good i know because i um a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed, and they removed it. And so far, so good. Uh, colon cancer, and um, I had looked back at my re- all the relatives I've ever known. Uh, nobody's ever had cancer. Nobody <laughs> has ever had, my family has ever had cancer, and I was the first one. And then I thought, well, what you know, what am I doing wrong, you know, and stuff. And then um, I I did the uh, DNA thing with Twenty Three and Me, uh, and the nice thing about that service is they look. They look at your genes and, uh, and see if they're, if you've got a, a predisposition towards anything, you know. And lo and behold, one day they sent the thing and said you have a pre- predisposition towards uh, one gene that, that affects um, if you can get colon cancer or not. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I wonder if 20 years ago that would have been that way. Did, uh, did mercury get in there and change my, my DNA structure? or, um, or, or, cha- or, mutate that one DNA strand, you know, or something like that. And, uh, so it's, uh, that, that kind of, uh, answers a lot of questions for me because, you know, you start wondering, what did I do wrong? You know, if nobody else has had it, sure. what did I do wrong? Well, I guess I didn't do anything wrong. It's something that somebody did to me. Um, so that's, you know, that's, I found this very helpful tonight. It's helped me to understand a little more, uh, the things that have happened and, uh, and, uh, to, to ascribe, uh, Uh, a reason why they happened and a lot of times if you have a reason why something happens you feel better you know oh absolutely
2: and and you know i know you know the way that i look at the whole mercury thing is i know that one of the 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 largest exposures to mercury before chemtrails were of course vaccines and amalgam fillings and even tattoo inks like uh, many of the old tattoo inks were poisonous and in fact back in the Uh, back in the early 2000s, I saw where three networks on television, all owned by the globalists, started promoting tattoos. And immediately, because of the way I watch news, I was like, um, uh, there must be something bad about tattoos because they're really promoting them. And a little bit of research showed this. So the, the way that I look at the whole toxicity thing and the whole mercury thing is that Um, mainstream medicine, and I grew up in a medical family, mainstream medicine wants to, big pharma wants to blame as much on genetics as possible because that's going to make people look, it's magic. You know, we call it magic. They're, they're distracting you. They're making you look in the other direction while they, they fake over here. They just don't want people looking at mercury. So they do that, uh, uh, they do that distraction thing to try to distract people, but it's kind of like a wrecking ball your body will be fine. If you're in a clean environment and you're not being exposed to these things, people are going to enlarge, be fine and be healthy and live to a good old age. We know that because there are people in the world who do that, who are in low toxicity uh, places like Okinawa or uh, up by Lake Titicaca. There was a famous uh, study uh, done of uh, the the, uh, audio made years ago uh, about that. But but anyway, these um uh, it's like a wrecking ball. Mercury is the wrecking ball. And so when you slam a wrecking ball into the building, which is symbol which I'm using to symbol uh, be, to symbolize the body, if that wrecking ball hits, it's gonna destroy something. It's going to destroy the weakest part of the body. Mm-hmm. But if you never have that wrecking ball hit the body, then you're gonna be enlarged. You're gonna be fine all your life and live to a good, ripe old age. Mm-hmm. So mainstream media. I mean, mainstream media and big pharma throw that wrecking ball or, uh, at the body. And when it hits, the weakest parts of that building fail first. And then instead of saying, gee, maybe we shouldn't have a wrecking ball, what mainstream media does to assist big pharma, because they're all the same uh, brotherhood, is they say, oh, it must be a genetic problem. There must have been a weakness in the building. Right. Well, how about we just stop slamming the wrecking ball against the building then we'll be fine.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It makes sense, you know? Yeah. Well, I've looked at our time, man, and we're, uh, we should probably put a, you know, um, come to an end here. Um, I could talk for another three or four hours. But, <laughs>
2: Me too. Me too. But, uh,
0: um, okay. So what, I, I just want to thank you and Laura. We wanted to thank you and Laura for coming on. Um, been very, um, uh, I always get these words mixed up. Uh, Relevatory. Yeah, that's what I, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> or revelatory. Either one, I guess, is good. And, um, and I know that a lot of our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. You've, you've pointed a lot of people in the right direction, and you've given a lot of reasons that they should go in that direction, and you've given them a lot of uh, ways that they can do it. Um, I'm particularly interested in the essential oil and, and the mask and stuff like that, so I'm I'm going to go out and start that right away. But and also some of the um, methylfolate B12 and stuff like that. But um, um, is there a um, really quick is there a way that people could get a hold of uh, both of you if they want if they have any more questions?
2: Sure. For me, you can people can write me at uh, Russ at GlobalSkywatch dot um, Laura.
1: Yeah, and they can, um, well, I don't know. I've got so many different email addresses. Um, probably just Laura at Herbalure.com.
0: Herbalure.com?
1: Uh, yeah, Herbalure, H-E-R-B-A-L-L-U-R-E.com.
0: Okay. Okay, that's good. All right, well, I want to thank you again, both of you, for being on. I want to thank uh, Jim, who, well, you guys are all in the same area over there and. uh in the tomorrow land. Um, <laughs> uh, thank everybody for, for hanging on there and, and uh, keeping a late hour here. Um, and uh, well, we'll be in touch again but uh, I'll be in touch again with both of you. Cause I've got other questions and I've got an email address now. So uh, just again, thank you. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your ability yes, to, thank
3: you.
0: your want to come in to help. And, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be writing you after this because they're going to want to know how to fix things. So, that having been said, I just wanted to thank everybody. Thank you, Jim and Eric, and uh, and uh, well, we'll talk next, we'll talk when we can soon. But uh, uh, may you both be uh, blessed and prosper, Laura and Russ, and uh, and may you be used even more to to get the word out, and um, hopefully maybe we can overcome these uh, globalist S O B s, pardon my French, and. Uh, And thrive and live and uh, make them realize that uh, uh, no weapon formed against us can prosper.
2: Thank you so much. And may you you. all be blessed as well, uh, Jim, Eric, and David. I appreciate all the work you're doing, uh, getting the truth out. Um, We need it today. And uh, people like you are making it happen. So thank you so much.
3: You're
0: welcome. Let's see this again soon.
2: Absolutely.
3: Laura, I, I want to tell you that I want to make sure that I get your book in my library so people can, because uh, I literally have a library where people can borrow these books and and read them and get familiar with stuff. And your book is like very essential for the library that I have in my little museum.
0: Or any papers you may have written, yeah,
1: yep. Okay, sure. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah just email Russ and we'll get you all set up.
0: All right, great. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Well, God bless you guys. We'll we'll Go. talk to you soon. God bless.
1: God God bless bless. y'all. Thank you. you. You're
0: welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.